Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leadership Project. I am Jay Harrington. With me is my co-host, Tom Nixon. Hi, Tom. Hey, Jay. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, we are talking again today, as always, about thought leadership and, and content marketing, Tom, and, and excited to have a, a guest on the episode today. Uh, Ryan Pasquale is the Chief Marketing Officer at Brooks Cushman, which is a intellectual property focused firm uh, that is located uh, headquartered here in Michigan and um, known Ryan for a long time. Probably first met him through the Legal Marketing Association and have um, developed a relationship since. But uh, Ryan, we're thrilled to have you on the show today. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jay. Um, I'm a big fan, I guess. Um, I listen to it regularly and you guys put on an excellent program, so I'm happy to be involved. Really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, we, we've had a chance to, to work together now um, in a, in a advisory capacity to, uh, and, and that's been a great experience and have always admired, I guess the brand uh, that Brooks Cushman has established and the focused way that it, it markets itself in, in terms of really having a, a clear point of view and a, and a, and a clear focus. And, and so I, you know, I, I just want to say, that I think that, you know, as a firm, um, Brooks Cushman certainly exemplifies many of the things that we um, talk about here on the podcast and, and, you know, in your role as CMO, um, kudos to you for that. Thank you. Well, you make it sound like I, I know what I'm doing. So thank you. <laughs> well, we're, we're all figuring our way through this. So, um, so yeah, uh, no worries. And, and, and uh, you know, glad to be talking here in a different capacity about some of these topics. So, um, just want to dive in here with something a little bit more general, um, but can, can you just talk a little bit about uh, the role and, and perhaps importance of thought leadership um, as, a, as a principle, as a tactic um, at, at, a, at your firm, at Brooks Cushman, and, and how you know, that, that impacts the marketing and business development you're doing? Sure. So it's definitely a growing um, role within our firm. And today, you know, to be quite honest, it's probably the most important strategy that we have. Um, it, we are investing uh, so many different resources and um, you know training, uh, software, uh, platforms to give our attorneys the resources they need um, to build their personal brand. Um, you know, like every 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 other firm or every other you know marketer, um, it's paramount to have platforms that allow you to showcase that you are on top of significant issues, uh, to connect with global clients, um, and also to invite prospects and clients to join you in those conversations. Yeah, and, and we're definitely firm believers in, in the idea that it, it's really one of the, the only authentic ways that you can differentiate yourself as an individual lawyer or, or as a firm really is, is through your expertise. I mean, you know, we believe in branding on a firm wide level. I mean, certainly your, you know, your copy you have on your website, um, the, 
logo you design as part of your brand identity, all these things are, are, are important in some respect, but nothing is more important than expertise um, exemplified through the work you do and importantly exemplified through the thought leadership you share as, as a real meaningful, authentic point of differentiation. So um, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, obviously, that, that that's um, uh, a critical part of, of any law firm's marketing. Uh, now, I, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the role as, as CMO at a, um, a law firm, very sophisticated one, serving sophisticated clients, um, about how to actually run a thought leadership or, or content marketing program. And I, I want to go back to a, a survey we did and released last spring, in, in two, the spring of 2019, where we surveyed lawyers and, and law firm marketing leaders about uh, their content marketing efforts and, and tactics that they use. And one of the things that I thought, you know, we, one of the questions we asked was about challenges that law firms face in terms of running a content marketing program. And pretty significant, by a pretty significant amount, the number one obstacle or challenge that, that people identified is actually getting attorneys to create content that can be shared in, in the form of thought leadership. Um, is, is that something that, that you've experienced uh, in your firm? And uh, you know, are there any ways that you've, if so, are there any ways that you've, you've taken steps to overcome that? It is, it's, it's a very big obstacle and it's no surprise that it remains to be the number one obstacle um, because it's, it's always gonna be there um, and there are a few valid reasons why. Um, it can be argued, you know, that certainly from a CMO looking at, you know, costs, return on investment, that, you know, thought leadership can probably, depending on how much you do um, and how much time you invest in it and how creative you're getting um, with each piece, it can, the, the costs add up. And they're not sunk costs, but it could be one of the, the most expensive forms of marketing um, that is out there. Um, because you're not just playing with, like, like I said, the sunk cost of a sponsorship or, you know, traveling. Psychologically, I, I believe it's worse because you're taking uh, many billable hours away from that attorney. Um, and if you think about how much time goes into a webinar or, you know, a client alert, depending on the length or the, the significance of the issue, um, it could add up to being more than some lower level sponsorships. So you have to find ways to show value um, and, and connections that we make uh, throughout that process. Yeah, and what, I guess, what, what have you found maybe that resonates um, with a, the, the attorneys in terms of helping them to understand the value? Um, because you know, the, one of the hard parts you know, in, in, in our experience in terms of just getting people over the hump of, of implementing a thought leadership strategy is that, you know, a, attorneys, for example, a, Attorneys, if, if you show them an ad, uh, you know, a, a full page color ad in a magazine uh, with the firm's logo on it and, and you know, perhaps a few um, headshots of attorneys, um, that's like an immediate, they can see the immediate impact of that, at least in terms of it's a tangible thing um, that they can, they can see and hold in their hands. Um, it may not have any, any real impact uh, in terms of return on investment, but it, it's something they can see. Whereas thought leadership is, is oftentimes a long-term endeavor that, that 
has a, a long tail that has a, has, can have a really big return on investment, but it's something that happens over time. Um, I guess- That's actually, you use um, a very important you know, word there, long-term. Um, you know, I refer, you know, internally, you know, my analogy is thought leadership uh, is treated the same as your 401k. It's an investment. Um, the time and effort you put into it is, is noticeable. Um, you're going to, you're going to know how much time goes into it. You know, it could be daunting. It could be, you know, last several days. Um, and it could, as you build up, you become more efficient and the time is less noticeable gone. Um, but you have to do it regularly because you know, the payoff can be substantial. And that's where the marketers come in is they're, we're able to communicate the value. Every bit of effort that goes into thought leadership to tracking who's watching, who's, who's redistributing, um, who's sending it to um, other colleagues. This is all ammunition that marketers um, and business development professionals use to communicate and showcase the value. Um, and without communicating that to the attorneys, they're left with something that is, you know, uh, they, don't, they don't know how to quantify as um, a positive return on investment. And sometimes, uh, Ryan, this is Tom, sometimes those returns aren't as tangible as, say, a direct uh, piece of business. So I'm thinking of our guest last week was Nat Slavin, who, as a profession, talks to the clients of law firms and asks them directly, what are you looking for from an attorney? What, what types of things help influence who you hire as an attorney? And one of the things you know, that he hears frequently and said so on our show was that they're looking for specifically thought leadership. They identify as thought leadership as a differentiator. So you know, I'm wondering how creative we need to be when we're going back and talking to the hesitant or reluctant and say, you know, maybe I can't convince you that this blog that you're spending hours with is going to directly lead to your biggest case. But let me share with you what the market is looking for, what they say they value. And I know that you've experienced this firsthand because you were sharing with us in show prep um, what is taking up your time um, with response to inbound inquiries for, for your firm and how increasingly these people are asking what platforms are you on? Where is your expertise? How have you demonstrated thought leadership? So can you talk a little bit, Ryan, a little bit about maybe share that experience with our listeners in, in how you've used those anecdotes maybe to go back to the reluctant attorney to, to do a little bit of convincing? Sure. So, so thought leadership has, in my opinion, grown to become probably the most significant form of legal marketing. And I say that because I'm seeing it more frequently in requests for proposals, um, demands from clients that they want their, their outside counsel or their team of attorneys to be present and educate them, educate their legal team, educate their developers or engineers on how you know, developments in the law or you know, developments and efficiencies or tools or anal uh, analytics that are available to you know, help streamline our services. Um, and we're using, you know, these webinars or uh, client alerts as uh, methods to communicate with them and to show that we're at the cutting edge of delivering meaningful, insightful um, advice. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what the market is, is broadly, more broadly saying, you know, to Nat's point last week is that they're, they're 
actively by they i mean the buying public of of for attorneys for anyone who hires professional service firms they're out there actively searching for thought leadership content um, specifically during the vetting process so it used to be and again this is something that jay and i talk about all the time is content and thought leadership used to solely live at the top of the sales funnel and, and be regarded as content marketing and more and more jay we're seeing it live throughout the entire sales funnel and even near the bottom when, where we talk about things like content business development. Um, and I would like to add on to that. I, in my opinion, I, I do think there's a lot of misconceptions about what thought leadership is and what time is required. Um, you know, like do attorneys think of it as strictly writing or hosting a webinar, which are, can be more time consuming. Um, to me personally, I don't think it has to be that elaborate. Um, we find a significant value in repurposing articles written by others. Um, even though it's not written by you, um, it requires uh, very little time, and, but it can have significant impact and rewards because it showcases that you're listening to the client's needs, that you um, are able to um, identify an article as significant and unique to them, um, and it, you're able to put your own spin on it. Did the author leave something out or are, is there able to, um, the ability for you to elaborate on some kind of takeaway or practical significance on that issue? That's a great point. Yeah. Um, Ryan, I'm, I'm curious, you know, in, again, in your role as, as someone who's leading this initiative at your firm, um, are, are there any kind of practical things that you've, you've done or practical ways to, how you've approached kind of incentivizing or encouraging attorneys to um, get more active in the area of thought leadership? Um, are there, you know, certain incentives you've tried to create uh, as, a, as the firm's um, chief marketing officer? Or are there ways to sort of, you know, gamify things? Attorneys are obviously very competitive. To be able to point to someone who may be achieving success in producing thought leadership as a, as a means of encouraging others to do the same? Yes. Um, the, the most important thing is communicate the results. It's so important for you to be an advocate and to support others that have witnessed um, positive experiences with respect to the thought leadership. Um, in our firm, you know, I, I take every opportunity to scream from the mountaintops that you know this effort stems from this type of activity um, and to you know positively like pound it into our attorneys heads that our thought leadership efforts are paying off and contributing to unique or you know valuable or increasing our awareness um, within our, our client base or um, globally that is too um, and it's all a domino effect and as you see there's others see that uh, the success of others um, they will start to participate and feel more comfortable and confident um, in incorporating thought leadership into their practice. Um, the second piece is uh, you can get creative. We do uh, have a gamification program internally that we adopted earlier this year. Um, and, you know, there's certain metrics that, uh, that allow our attorneys to, you know, gain rewards uh, by writing content, by sharing others' content, uh, by inviting clients to participate with them. Um, and each effort is scaled or weighted a little bit differently or required, gets a little bit more points, but it places it 
in in terms of um, importance that father leadership is at the, the top of our mind. That's cool. Gamification, huh? So that might be something we got to share around uh, to some other, other clients because I know whether it's law firms or it's any professional service firms or probably just about any company, it's uh, I would imagine that the, the biggest single hurdle is the, the time because we're so busy. The perception is, I think, you, that we're even busier than maybe we really are. And to st- again, when you're billing hours, like you said earlier, Ryan, when you're billing hours for a living, it literally is costing you something to spend time on, um, on, on activity that is not billable. The conundrum, though, which I'd like you to, to comment on, is the, the, the conundrum is if you do nothing to develop new business, well, that ends up costing you too. Those maybe aren't sunk costs, but those are opportunity costs. So I'm curious if you've ever pointed to in your gamification or otherwise, do you hold up examples of, of specific wins and say, look what happened as the result of, you know, a continued and ongoing thought leadership campaign. The end result was this and use that to kind of maybe influence some of the, the hesitant among your team. I do. So that, that was a point uh, that I made earlier that it's, you know, you have to communicate the results because if you don't have somebody advocating for the, the endeavor, then all you're doing is making noise. Uh, our, our objective is to encourage others and to utilize the successes of others to uh, motivate um, others. And, you know, that, that does come in the form of incentives like gamification. Uh, we do a lot of lunch and learns also. Um, but the most important thing that I've, I've gotten positive feedback is our internal case studies. Um, and one, parti- one particular and recent matter, uh, we had a, a, a new client come in. Um, and again, we're only um, representing them on a, a very small portion of their portfolio. Uh, over time, they started to buy more into the brand. Um, attending our webinars, reading our thought leadership. So as a marketer, looking at the activity and tracking how this person um, was able to, you know, start, start to invest in our, and read our content, um, invest into the brand, we started to see others from the company start to attend that we had, didn't manually add into the distribution list. So obviously this professional uh, was including others in his organization to read and to engage in our thought leadership. And over the course of a matter of months, um, we started to get more and more projects from them. They started to build more confidence into our deliverables, our capabilities. Um, and you know, that ultimately led to, again, uh, tangible uh, investment that we're able to, to um, communicate to our lawyers. That's a great, uh, I think that's a great example, uh, Ryan, and, and point that you just made and, and one of the principal uh, benefits and, and should be objectives of, of firms. And, and I think it's a great place to wrap up too. And I'll just reiterate it, which is that, you know, if you're, if you're doing consistent thought leadership uh, and, and putting it out to the marketplace and, and really producing something insightful and valuable, um, you're going to not just, you know, develop fans of your content, but also advocates for your content, yourself, your firm and the firm's brand. And, and you'll have people doing the work, uh, you know, and that, that's, this is the primary benefit of marketing. It, it done right, it, it scales and it, gets, it allows you to reach people beyond, you know, th- those who you can directly interact with. And 
And I think that's where thought leadership really comes in. So, so Ryan, I, I just want to say thank you uh, for uh, all your great insights today. Um, really appreciate you coming on the show. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of ground we did cover, but probably a lot of ground that we uh, still need to. So, um, you know, we'd love to have you back on the show at some point in the future to talk about uh, kind of what's going on and, w and what's happening in 2020 at Brooks Cushman. No worries. Thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity as well. Um, and yes, you're exactly right. I think all of us are still learning. Um, it's a very you know, noisy world and we all have an opportunity to you know, pave our own path and to contribute in meaningful ways. Sounds great, Ryan. Well, um, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners. Um, we, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode until then. Uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.